evening, Lord Brown, and welcome to our program. This is Vic Batista along with my co-host Nathan Jones, and it's great to be here with you for today's program. We're very excited about today's program. So we're going to be talking about Bible prophecy, patience, and perseverance. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host Nathan Jones to open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word, Lord. We just praise you for it, the hope of the rapture, the hope of your soon return, Lord. We want you to return. We want you to claim your kingdom. And uh, Lord, we want you to expel the evil of this world. And uh, Lord, your Bible promised that. So we thank you for that. Thank you for that promise. In your precious, wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nathan Jones. Again, we thank you for being part of our program here. Our truth will set you free. Big Batista, Nathan Jones. Again, we're talking about Bible prophecy, patience, and, uh, of course, persevering. And, Nathan, as we talk about patience and persevering, I know you don't need any patience. You're the most patient guy I know. <laughs> wow, you don't know me very well. <laughs> No, but Nathan, when we talk about patience, um, I have to say I was just joking with you because I feel the same way. It's a, it's a challenge waiting uh, for things and being patient because it seems like we want everything yesterday or at least the world pushes us to want everything right away. Oh, absolutely. We are definitely a fast food society, no, and uh, I, I always find myself, especially when it comes to the things of the Lord, like Paul the Apostle, wanting the Lord to return like yesterday. But yet the Bible tells us oftentimes, right, Nathan, that we don't know the whole purpose of God's plan. And therefore, we are to be patient and also persevering. And, and that's just life in some sense. Yes, but is it uh, one of the, the great attributes to have is patience and perseverance? I know especially to the seven churches Jesus addresses in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, again and again, he says, those who overcome are the ones who have, are patient and yeah. persevere in the faith. And so as Christians, as we wait for the Lord's return, we're to do just that. Just as he commands the churches, just as he commands the Christians, be patient, and wait, and persevere. Rather, it's hard after 2,000 years, right? It sure, <laughs> it sure is, Nathan. And, and that's why today's message, I hope, is to encourage uh, some individuals that, hey, we're all in this together. Life is hard. Life is difficult. Problems, challenges. And sometimes, honestly, uh, we just want to be uh, home with the Lord. And, and that's why sometimes people say, well, when it comes to the coming of the Lord, man, we've been hearing about this for over 2,000 years. How much longer do I have to wait? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. If you look at 6,000 years of biblical history, right. one-third of it has been the church age. So, I mean, it seems like it's going to take forever. But then, it think it's a 4,000 years before, between Adam and the Messiah, as prophesied in Genesis 3. So, if 4,000 years is long, then we got another 2,000. We know the millennial kingdom is coming up. So, 7,000 years of human history. Therefore, we're, we're, we know that we must get really close to the time yes. the Lord's coming back. It's, it's just written there in the history. Yeah, and, and that's a good point, and that's why for those that are tuning in, it is. We, we simply want to encourage you today because the Lord, we believe, is coming soon. And why do we feel that now different than before? Because it's just signs everywhere of Bible prophecy being fulfilled right before our eyes. And not only that, but also even in the when we look through the Bible, 
so many of those that the Holy Spirit used to write the Bible continue to encourage people to be patient and persevere, uh, even during their time. And in, in the book of James, chapter 5, we're going to go there, and then 2 Peter, chapter 3. Again, we see that the encouragement to the church always has been, keep your eyes on the Lord, He is coming, but in the meantime, be busy about your business. Right, Nate? Absolutely, absolutely. That's part of being a Christian is having to wait. But it's worth the wait. What you say is the promise that Jesus made you know, three times in Revelation 22 alone, I'm coming quickly, I'm coming back, surely I'm coming quickly. In other words, when it says quickly, it means like when it happens, it will happen, like boom, right then, it'll, it'll be quick. Sure, it feels like it's taken forever. And brother, you look at the church today, or the Laodicean church, in other words, yeah. the apathetic church, They've grown apathetic because they've given up on the Lord's return. They instead say, well, the church will be the kingdom, and the church will, will take over the world and, and bring Christianity to everybody, and Jesus will return and will hand the kingdom over to Christ. That's not what he said. The king comes and establishes the kingdom, but the subjects don't establish the kingdom for the king. Yes, excellent point. And Nathan, you made a very good point, and, and there's a lot of people that they give up because they sort of, you know, and, and I understand, uh, especially when we talk about the coming of the Lord, there, there have just been so many uh, false prophets, individuals every year claiming, hey, the Lord is going to come this year and, and look at this sign, and, and it doesn't happen, right, Nathan? So I can understand also some people getting discouraged along the way. They can, absolutely they can, and uh, it's a shame, that's why the Lord gives us verses like uh, James 5, to encourage Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, Nathan, we're going to start there in chapter 5, beginning of verse 7 and on. And uh, we'll be encouraging those that are being part of the program to understand that the Bible has a lot to say about patience uh, in the meantime, as we wait for the coming of the Lord. Yeah, Nathan, if you can take us through those verses, that would be fantastic. Well, for those of you who are thinking that rapture is never going to come, Jesus is never going to return, this is what James, the half-brother of Jesus, had to say about it in James chapter 5. It says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain? You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Wow. Nathan, I love that passage. Of course, we, we read through the Gospels, we read through the Olivet Discourse about the coming of the Lord, the signs of the times, but sometimes we forget these wonderful nuggets that are tucked in here, like in the book of James, right? Also encouraging us to look up because the Lord is coming. Well, please, then you wanted to cover this uh, section of the Bible. I honestly got to say, I forgot this passage. I, I, re I refer to Peter a lot, like you said. Yes. But going to James 5, but it, and James 5 is about as clear as clear can be. It says, be patient and wait. The fruit's got to come to harvest. And when it's ready for harvest, then the Lord will come. So... We know then is that we haven't reached the full harvest yet. All the apples on the apple trees, so to speak, haven't come to be ready to be picked yet. So we gotta wait. And it's been two thousand years, but if it takes two thousand years to bring everybody that's meant to be with Jesus forever in heaven, then we gotta wait. I love the way you put that. Not all the apples have been picked. So I, I think it's like, and Nathan, even when we talk about the reference of Israel as a fig tree, it talks about budding, right? We see God's people regathered in the land. Right, Jesus again, just like James did here, you know, obviously James probably picked this up from Jesus, but Jesus referred to Israel as a fig tree. And when a fig tree rebutted, that would be the time of his return. And 
the fig tree rebutting yes. is the nation of Israel. The fig tree represents Israel, it symbolizes Israel. And when Israel becomes a nation again, that would be the generation that would see Israel, uh, see the Lord's return. And brother, since 1948, we've yeah. seen Israel become a nation again. It is now 70 years, and maybe that's prophetically significant, because 70 is a prophetic number. Who knows? But, uh, Lord, I think, uh, I'm just saying, he's coming back closer and closer every day with us. Absolutely. Nathan, I love the reference there in verse 7, because it referenced a, a farmer. And, uh, of course, we know in farming, you need a lot of patience. I, I saw this movie a while ago. Maybe you've seen it too. Faith Like a Potato. Did you ever see that one, Nathan? No, I did not. It's, Anything like fried green tomatoes? <laughs> no, actually, this is, a, this, is, 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 is the analogy there. I don't want to give the movie away, but uh, it has to do oftentimes when you plant potatoes, uh, you don't always see it, but there's something going on underground. And then when the season comes, you're, uh, you're able to pull up these wonderful uh, potatoes at harvest time, but all the while you can't see what's happening. And, and sometimes as Christianity, we, we in a sense have to have faith like a potato. Uh, when we don't think anything is happening uh, and we lose patience, relax. There, you are uh, doing, you are making a difference. The Lord is making a difference. So it's a wonderful movie, Nathan. That's a great analogy. I, I'm here in Texas, uh, the Dallas area where I live. We use the sweet potato vines a lot to fill in uh, during this dry summer months. The flowers don't come up, but they look poorly. So you plant these sweet potato vines, and the vines take over the garden and provide greenery. It's real resistant to heat and drought. And then you get to the fall, and when it's time to the, the vines to dry, you cut them out. Underneath the ground is one of the largest roots you've ever seen. You can eat them, but most people don't. They're not very tasty. But they can be the size of a football, these roots. And when you plant them, they just look like regular roots. But by the fall, they're the size of a football. So, yeah, I I can totally, that movie makes total sense. The Lord is busy doing his work underneath the the view of most people in the world. And when that time is far harvest, that's when the Lord comes. Brother, I think we're getting very close yeah. to the time that harvest, what you say. Well, Nathan, and I'm in agreement with you, and that's why this passage really stood out uh, to me this week, because I believe it happens to all of us. Sometimes we lose sight of things. The world crowds around us. It overwhelms us at times. We, we lose our focus, and, and we lose our patience, and sometimes we forget. No, God is at work. The fruit is coming, but we need to also uh, persevere. And, and here we find this wonderful analogy uh, where he sees see the farmer how he waits and and then he says Nathan for the the precious fruit of the earth right and, and that's another wonderful word that I love precious yeah and, and verse eight too it says establish your hearts in other words the Lord doesn't have us just sitting on our suitcases uh, you know like that <laughs> whole two years back they have all the suitcases <laughs> out there getting ready to be we yeah. brought up this spaceship and go away and we're there disappointed. <laughs> we're not supposed to be twiddling our thumbs. Yes. We're supposed to be doing something. Doing. Yeah. And there's lots of things the Bible tells you. Obviously the Great Commission, sharing the gospel, living holy lives. That's something very important. But here it says, establish your heart. And uh, so I think James goes on after this to explain what establish your heart means, right? Absolutely. And that's why Nathan, and it's also talking about our lifestyle. You made a good point. I just sitting on our suitcases in a sense, waiting to go. But in the meantime, whether it's one year, five years, 
100 years before the rapture takes place, we need to move forward and continue uh, to make a difference wherever, wherever we are and, and, and being busy about the Lord's business. And then I love that, Nathan, because yeah, the other verses also begin to share more our lifestyles. While we wait, while we're waiting, here are some things that we should be doing. Here's how we should be behaving. So, Nathan, if you could take us through the rest of the verses, that would be fantastic. Certainly, well, on 9 through 12 reads, Do not grumble against one another, brethren, unless you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed to endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Mm. But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or earth or with any other oath, let your yes be yes and your no, no, lest you fall into judgment. Mm, I love that. And well, Nathan, talk about patience, talking about Job. Let me tell you, that is an amazing uh, uh, book for anyone maybe that's not familiar or hasn't taken the time to read Job. It can be a little bit depressing in the beginning, but talk yeah. about patience and trials, right, Nathan? Right, right. Well, I'll give us a few practical things to do. For one, grumbling and People that are impatient and they're waiting tend to grumble a lot. I know I can get that way if I have to wait, especially you know, in traffic. I, yes. I, I like to go to the speed limit, man. I don't like to go any slower. <laughs> I start grumbling about the drivers around me. We can start grumbling about the Lord taking his time. We can yeah. grumbling about the situation we're in. We can be grumbling about other Christians. But James is like, hey, don't do that, brethren. Let yeah. you be condemned. Not condemned to hell, but condemned as in people grumble against you or mm -hmm. the Lord say, hey, you know, stop, you shouldn't be doing that. The judge is standing at the door. In other words, the, the Jesus is already at the door. He just hasn't walked in yet. It's that close even from James's perspective 2,000 years ago. Excellent point, Nathan. I really love that. And there's so many passages. Uh, of course, I, I remember Revelation where, again, there's the knocking there, if you will, and the Lord is at the door. And, and it's true. We really believe that He is at the door. He can come at any moment. And therefore, how we treat one another, uh, it's, it's very important. And Nathan, I have to say, I, I'm, I'm repenting right now because you're talking about grumbling. Man, I do that a lot. So I need to, I need to apply this passage for... <laughs> Well, that shocks me because you are the most upbeat, positive, never say badly about anybody person I have ever met in my entire life. So, well, I guess even the best of us can grumble at times. So, I have never in the 10 years I've known you heard you grumble, but I'll have to take your word for it. Well, the thing is, you just have to visit my house when my wife wants me to cut the grass, Nathan. That's... That, that's... <laughs> That's, uh, where, that's where the grumbling comes in. <laughs> the house... Story, probably have to know your laws every other day, so I can understand that. Yeah. No, but I think, Nathan, as, as human beings, sometimes uh, uh, living in our, in our carnal bodies, we do have a tendency uh, to grumble and lose focus of things. And maybe we don't do it all the time, but uh, here the Bible is a good reminder. Hey, while you wait, don't grumble, don't complain. Uh, and also, Nathan, it, it says uh, regarding the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. And when we have opportunities to apply compassion and mercy towards others, it really makes a difference. Especially when under the Christian uh, lifestyle, it, of course, because the world hated Jesus, the world hates Christians. And yes. So part of being a Christian at different levels, depending on where you live in the world, suffering right. and patience. In other words, as a Christian, you're going to suffer. And so you, you should be grumbling against the Lord for it. You should be patient because the Lord is bringing in the harvest. And we yeah. are His reapers. We need to be 
out there sharing the gospel, leading people to the Lord, right. the Holy Spirit to have them saved. So if we're grumbling about it, it means we're not trusting in God's plan or God's timing. We're really, we're complaining about God. And oh my goodness, if the judge is standing at the door, can you imagine if you're grumbling about somebody yeah. and all of a sudden you turn around and realize they're standing behind you listening? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably happened to all of us, if not a sitcom. Imagine the Lord is standing behind us and He's omniscient, He's omnipresent, He knows all, He hears all, He sees all, He hears us complaining about Him. Oh my goodness, yes. that's not a good thing. I know, I know. I've, I've, that's happened to me, Nathan. Sometimes you're talking about somebody, and uh, whether it's you as a fa- and, and your family, as we always have our little family tidbits, and you're talking about your brother or sister, and they walk in, and you're like, oh, I didn't know you were there. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you change your attitude. So I, I totally understand. Right. We forget that, that the Lord is omnipresent. He is everywhere. He's watching us all the time. And so how should we behave? Well, James says so. You know, we should be... We should be uh, long-suffering, we should be yes. patient, we should be like the Lord, we should be compassionate to others who frustrate us, we should be merciful to those who do wrong against mm-hmm. us, and we shouldn't swear. We shouldn't be neither swearing in Jesus' name or creating oaths. We should just be, let our yes be yes, and our no be no. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we'll be yes. judged based on that same way we treat us. Yeah. And Nathan, and I love this because all of what we're saying is under the umbrella of the beginning verses, verses 7 and 8, and it has to do with the, with the coming of the Lord. In other words, if you knew the Lord could come at any moment, what would your behavior be like? And I think, Nathan, it's a sobering thing when we consider it that way. Absolutely, absolutely. It, it's neat that so much of how we survive and how we live as Christians yes. is tied to the anticipation of the Lord's return. That's why it's so important, so important, that churches don't lose focus on the return of Jesus Christ. We get bogged down in the daily living, and certainly preaching is necessary to deal with our daily problems, divorce, and child problems, and addictions, and sin issues, and adultery, and all that. Yes, they have their place, but the apostles always tied everything back to the return of Jesus Christ. It is first and foremost in their minds. Therefore, as ministers today, it should be first and foremost in our minds as well. Excellent point. And Nathan, of course, as we talk about patience, uh, we realize too that the Lord will come. His word is true. Uh, his word never fails. And as a matter of fact, uh, as we look at Second Peter uh, chapter 3, Nathan, the, the, the uh, other reference passage, that beginning on verse 7, uh, again, uh, we, we find the same encouragement. Uh, the Lord is someday going to judge this earth for the wickedness and, and, and all that. But, the, but God's people will not be part of, the, of that type of judgment as unto going to hell, if you will, but it's a loss of rewards. Uh, but we know that the day is coming for this earth, and that's why, again, we're encouraged to be patient uh, in Second Peter chapter 3. Uh, actually, Nathan, we can pick it up in verse 8, if that's okay with you. Maybe someone is not familiar with these passages, and they can follow along with us in the Bible. Well, certainly. Uh, 8 and 9 read, But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, but some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, yeah. but that all should come to repentance. Ooh, what, what a wonderful passage, right, Nathan? Again, we see the mercy of God, we see the long-suffering, and the idea is He's waiting because He's not done. Like you said, not all the apples have been picked from the tree. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, this verse is so maligned by people who say that for the 
Lord, a thousand years is a day. That's not what it says. It's like an ad. Go back to grade school. Remember? Like an ad means it's a comparison. So one day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day. In other words, God's so ancient that time is, is meaningless to him. For us, man, 2,000 years, it seems like it's been forever. But right. God, it's, it's been like a day. Not yes. it is a day, it is like a day every thousand years. So for God, it's really fast for him, but for us, it's agonizingly slow. But this is why the Lord is long-suffering towards us, because he wants everybody to be supposed to come to repentance, to come mm-hmm. to repentance. Yes, and Nathan, good things are worth the wait. Would you agree? I remember, many of you remember waiting for your wonderful wife, Heather, before you guys were married, right? And you waited, but man, when you finally got married, it was like, whoa, wasn't that awesome waiting? Oh, we made a mistake, too, of uh, being engaged for 10 months. It was an agonizing wow. long time to wait. I would never recommend that to anybody, <laughs> 10 months. But you're right, yeah, I had to be long-suffering, I had to be patient, I had to remain pure. You know, I had to, to do all these things that are so difficult, but you're waiting for the bride. Well, think about how Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ refers to the church as a bride. Exactly. So Jesus is waiting for his bride, so he's been waiting 2,000 years so that we'll be spiritually connected to Christ one day. So it's just as bad for him as it is for us. You know, Nathan, and that's, it's a love relationship, and I think that, you know, uh, when you are, and, and that's good. We should be in love with the Lord. We hopefully that's the case. What we're waiting for, you know. I know you and I. That is our desire. And uh, of course, sometimes waiting is a little challenging. But we know that the time is actually drawing so much closer in our generation than any other for the coming of the Lord. So in terms of being patient, I mean, a thousand years is like a day. And the reality is, time is passing by uh, very quickly. It is uh, God's total plan. When you look at an eternal God who exists outside of time, so I can't say billions and millions and whatever years, because it doesn't apply to God. Time is a, a human right. construct that God made for us who have a linear lifespan. But for God, who has no beginning and no end, for us, man, we're just like a quick science experiment. It's, it's nothing. It's fast. Boom, it's over. But for us, man, finite creatures, it sure is agony. Excellent point, Nathan. And of course, and that's what the Bible talks about, perseverance, an athlete, people that are in the Olympics, uh, you have to persevere, you have to push forward uh, past your feelings and your emotions. Sometimes you don't want to do exercise, sometimes you don't want to get up in the morning, sometimes you don't want to do these things, but yet as you persevere, you feel better. Your your endurance, uh, uh, you know, you endure longer. And, And I believe, Nathan, that's what should be happening the longer we wait, it should be building us up, like building up our, our muscles when we work out. Oh, not good analogy. Yes, very much so. And it, it's neat to look at this verse 9 here and, and see how that the Lord is patient towards us because he wants everybody to come to repentance. In other yes. words, the Lord, does, he loves us that much that unfortunately, yes, we have to live in this fallen, terrible world and all the evil that's going on and all the pain and suffering that we all face. Mm-hmm. Yet the Lord does it because what if he lost his patience before we were born? Well, we wouldn't even exist. That's right. So, so the Lord is patient, gives us a chance to be alive, and then live forever. So praise the Lord for his patience. Nathan, I'm so glad the Lord waited for me because if the Lord would have came back 25 years ago, I probably would not be here having this conversation <laughs> with you. That's true. And what if he came before we were saved? Obviously, right. he knows everybody that will choose him, exactly. who the Holy Spirit will lead to salvation. He knows already. He, the history has been 
read the Bible, the Bible records the future as if it's the past. So it is the past for God already. And so he knows all we're going to come saved. We're just, it needs to be revealed and that takes time. Yes, and Nathan, and I love that because we know that the Bible here also in the following verses continues to encourage us and continues to also talk about uh, the coming of the Lord and also in the context of this earth. So yeah, Nathan, if you could take us a few more verses, that would be fantastic. Well, the next section describes the day of the Lord, which surrounds His second coming. It says, yes. but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. And the elements will melt with fervent heat, both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven Ooh. and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Man. What a wonderful passage, Nathan. I, I love that. And, you know, it, it, that's the reality. The reality is that's going to be the end of the unbelievers. Those who do not put their trust in God or their faith in God that are impatient and just want to live whichever way they want now as if God did not exist. Uh, the Bible marks their end. But yet, for us, the Christians, the believer, it talks about holy conduct. And I'm so glad, Nathan, also that there's a, a, a lot of people that have chosen to serve God and to live holy. Uh, as we're living in an impatient world, if you will. Absolutely. And the Lord says, What does it matter if you build up treasures on earth where thieves steal and moth yes. and rust destroy? The fact that the earth is going to be burned up and there'll be a new heaven and new earth, it, all of the riches of this life mean nothing That's to compare to the riches that await us in heaven forever. So yeah. why, why would anyone choose this life, which is so finite and so mm. unfulfilling? When you've got an eternality of the riches of God face to face, that is the best decision you'll ever make. Absolutely. And for those of you that are part of this program, whether it's listening or watching and you don't have a relationship with the Lord, this is why Nathan Jones and myself will oftentimes take the time uh, to give you an opportunity uh, to come to Christ. It doesn't matter where you are, how old you are, what ethnic background you are, the Lord will receive everyone who turns to Him. And we want to give you an opportunity right now, whoever you are, wherever you are, to come to Christ, to come to repentance, so that if the Lord were to return today, that you would enjoy heaven uh, with us. And Nathan, if you would, in the next few minutes, I know we don't have a lot of time left, maybe you can speak to that person on the other side, maybe how they can start their relationship with the Lord, even right now, from wherever they are. Well, eventually the Lord's patience will be over. Everybody yes. meant to be saved will be saved. Are you one of them? Uh, what happens if the Lord comes back now? You'll have to live through the tribulation and eventually face God's final judgment and hell. The Lord doesn't want that. He's so patient. He is waiting for you to come to Him. So why are you waiting? Pray from your heart right now. Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And if you pray that, if you believe that in your heart, that Jesus is the Son of God and ask for your sins to be forgiven, He will forgive you. Your guilt will be gone and you will spend eternity with Him in heaven. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Awesome. Nathan, thank you so much. And that is great news for those of you that maybe just prayed a prayer. Listen, God looks at the heart, not at the outer appearance. Maybe you were sitting in your car or at home or wherever and you just prayed that prayer and you meant it and you realized 
that you call the Lord to live inside of you. By faith, believe that. And now allow the Lord to change you and to transform you. And as we oftentimes say, find a wonderful church where you can get plugged in and grow with other believers. And also make sure that you also grow in, 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 the, in the promises of God's word uh, through biblical prophecies. So Nathan, amazing passages, Nathan, about patience. I want to thank you because now you've made me a little more of a patient person. <laughs> well, time always wears down our Absolutely, absolutely. Nathan, it's always a joy to have you uh, on the program as my co-host. And I want to thank you for taking your time and uh, sharing God's Word with us. Thank you, brother, for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. And of course, our time has run out for this segment of the program. Dave Batista, Nathan Jones, uh, we want to thank you for praying for us and continuing to encourage uh, this program. And again, maybe this week, just take the time to encourage someone who maybe is a little bit impatient and uh, again, encourage them from the scriptures that we've been sharing. The Lord is coming soon. God loves them and has a wonderful plan for them. So we're saying goodbye to you right now. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you and have an incredible week.